Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Gundam Explained show. It is, what is it? It's March 2nd, so we're in, we're into like the third month of 2023, which yeah, is kind of crazy. Back of March. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, isn't there like March Madness stuff that happens? I don't really keep up with uh, sports as, as much as I used to, for sure, so. Yeah, I don't even keep up at all, so I have no idea. I just heard someone <laughs> talk about it at work. Um so uh, yeah, get your brackets in. Maybe we should do a Gundam bracket for March. Yeah, there you go. Like March Mecha Madness, we'll we'll put together a bracket of like all the top mobile suits, and then like have knockout rounds. It'll be great. That's pretty good. But that also makes me think, too. Like if there was a show like Which for Mercury that was going on live, we could even do something like that with okay, who's gonna battle in the episode, and if so, who's gonna win? So there's different tiers of. I don't know. It's except Ghoul only moves forward if he loses. Oh yeah, there we <laughs> go. <laughs> no, but um no, but yeah, for today's show, um talk about heavy arms coming to Gundam Evolution. I got a chance to play as heavy arms. It was pretty cool. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Um and then also a really cool supporter question came in that I think is something that's gonna cause a lot of discussion, especially between Steven and I, because we really like Zeta, that Zeta era stuff, um, oh, that yeah. time period. Um, it was speaking we're of 80s Steven. Babies. We're, we're, we're UC 0080s babies is what we yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I wonder if it has to do with when we're born. I was born in 83, the era of Stardust. So um, There you go. I was 87. Uh, oh, there you go. So, Zeta, <laughs> Zeta and, you know, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, speaking of Steven, yesterday on your show, you had a... So, apparently, you found a Gundam RPG book that's, like, official. And so, your thought was yeah. maybe that can really take the place of Gundam 5e. Now, yeah. we looked through some of the rules, and it seemed pretty cool. Have you thought about it more since then? Like, d does it take the place of 5e? Well, um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Uh, I actually, um, Night Captain, shout out to you, Leo. Uh, we, we we started working together to try and find some more resources regarding this book. Um, it turns out that you know it's it's actually a a lot rarer than we initially realized. Um, there were only two published titles from that publisher. Um, one oh. of them was the UC 0079 game and then the the one the advanced edition so they they only ever made two books so we didn't even get any of the 8th ms team zeta any of that stuff never published so mm. in that sense there's a lot that gundam 5e has that that advanced edition doesn't but okay you know still a lot of work to do well one thing i noticed in that book there was that uh wasn't there like a pre-made scenario yeah so I'm just throwing this out there, but maybe sometime we might as well just try that out live. Just yeah, let's just do it. Just to see, just to see, and it could be a total failure, but it would be interesting to see. And also because you just mentioned that it was a publisher that only made these two, how much of that was Bandai reaching out to have it exclusively made? You know what I mean? True. It's not like they piggybacked off of a, a already big RPG maker. You know exactly, and and that's kind of you know what I what really draws me to it is that it it wasn't like you know they they reached out to like you know an OSR Wizards of the Coast and said hey can you make yeah. a Dungeons and Dragons version of Gundam they 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 went out to this you know random publishing company maybe it's a larger company in Japan I don't know for uh, sure but 
Okay. Suffice to say, you know, they're like, make a Gundam RPG. And that was what they set out to do. That's cool. Yeah, so check that out if you haven't linked in the description. Um, but maybe there'll be more content from that. Um, Lots more. Cool. Well, uh, you know, looking at the chat, it's good to see everyone here. We have Goose, Neo X, Ultronimus, Dan Vince, Rogue New Type, Brian Zanicelli, V, The Last of the Reekins. That, that sounds pretty interesting. Um, Ian Hansen, our mod, Zionic Shadow. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody, but all thanks for joining. Um, from Neo X, hey Adam, do you know about Gundam Prometheus? I don't. Have you heard of that, Steven? Um, sounds familiar. Is that that's not the um, that's not that O variant, right? No, because that's that's know. Gundam. Um, that's like Gundam Orpheus or something like that. Okay, no, just Prometheus. It kind of triggers me because like that alien sequel. That's like I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, <laughs> I it's one of those things. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's yeah. uh, it's like I enjoyed the movie, but I don't know if I enjoyed it as part of the alien, alien mythos, yeah. right? It's like it's like how I feel about Solo. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, Solo is, is a weird one because I really like it, but then I was like, how many times have I gone back to watch it? Mm. That's the ultimate uh, test yeah. to see if you really liked a, a film or TV show. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. Like, because I think with Army of Darkness. I'm not joking. It has to be over 100 times that I've seen that movie. I could probably recite it right now. If someone said the first line, I would continue. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to test that, actually. Um, yeah. Let's see. Prometheus is Schrodinger's fi oh, <laughs> film. You both like and hate it at once. Yeah. Uh, Prometheus is really scary. Yeah. Um, I kind of like what he was going for, just not for the Alien franchise, I guess. Yeah. But anyway... Um, okay, so where was I going to start? Where should I start? Actually, let's start with, there's a couple things, but we're going to start with this. Oh, that, I wasn't supposed to do that. Okay. <laughs> I always forget to change the transition. All right. Okay, questions. So, yeah, again, supporters, you can post, uh, like, questions, comments, anything, even if it's a rant that you just want to get out there. We used to get rants from Brandon Keith, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so Sway, in Zeta Gundam, we see Camille mentored by Sharon Amro. This allows Camille to grow as a person and a pilot, ultimately becoming an immensely powerful new type. If Judah had the similar mentoring from another new type in Double Zeta, do you think that he could have become as powerful as Camille? So, um, let's let's think about that. I here's the thing. I I think Judo is almost. Uh, Oh man, there's so many angles to go with this. One, I feel like as time goes, more powerful new types emerge. Like, I would almost think Camille might be more powerful than Amaro. Um, Judo more powerful than Camille. I guess when you're maybe base stats, right? But then there's <laughs> right, like how do you how do you measure power? Right? Is it is it in raw combat? Because you know, there's the I think it's um. Who who is it that gives the speech about new types basically just being like synonymous with ace pilot? And it's like, well, that's not exactly it. But I think that one of the most underrated scenes in Char's counterattack is when Hathaway and Quest are going back and forth defining new types. Yeah, that that's right. Because at that time, and I think in the UC timeline, the 
I don't know if it was a joint effort of the Earth Federation, whoever else was doing experiments, but they were trying to downplay the new type phenomenon. But at the same time, people were taught it in school, but then it seemed like it was then kind of, yeah, like brushed under the rug because I think of what was occurring, people manipulating it or people. Yeah, I mean, because I think that's a whole thing that I feel like the show touches on on a broad level, but you never really see like what if they were trying to like x-men and the mutants you know how like mutants were treated like i i don't think gundam ever went that far and maybe there's room to do it but i think it also had to do with how like if the government discovered mutants and x-men versus like new types like i feel like there'd be a lot of the similar things going on oh for Um, sure but you know that makes me think how much in gundam you see they take advantage of that whereas in x-men it's almost like they don't it doesn't seem like the government's really just wanting to take advantage of that first they just want to suppress it which i think that's not as accurate as it would be nowadays and when i you know what i am talking about the movies the x-men movies i'm not familiar with the older comics (laughs) storylines so i don't know if when mutants first came about the government immediately wanted to take advantage of them I mean, there was definitely some exploitation going on, um, obviously, but uh, I think mostly it was just they were afraid. It's like you don't know what to do with it. Um, You're always going to have that element. um, And and, the the example I always like to go back to is um, the the very second episode of the original Transformers cartoon. Literally, there's a sleazy businessman that's like, you know what? I'm going to side with these Decepticons. They seem to be on the level. I'm going to run a propaganda campaign smearing the Autobots as bad guys. And like, you know, we're going to say like, these are the guys that brought the battles to Earth. It wasn't the Decepticons. And it's like, you know, even as early as that, you already have somebody who's trying to take advantage of the situation. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, you have one section of the population that's just terrified. Like, we don't know what to think of new types. And then you have an entire other section of the population that's like, I know exactly what to do. <laughs> yeah, so good point. They've never really, as far as I know, never really showed from the general population how people felt about new types. It was mainly the government. Now, you were earlier talking about like a baseline. Like what's a baseline to really get? And I think it would have to do with interfacing or detecting another new type. I think it on a base level, how... Is your, is your mind triggered that it detects a new type? Because part of the phenomenon is new types kind of draw into each other. Um, so I think it would have to be on some level of that. Like, I think that's why Haman Karn liked Judo so much. He was, like, just the next main active new type. Okay, and so, and so I think a lot of... Also, the other angle of this is motivation. I think if you have a new type especially like a cyber new type that's motivated, but in a way that makes them angry, they're probably going to do crazier stuff than a new type that's able to kind of chill or not be willing to make certain choices. And that's the main thing, like, and, and maybe we can explore this here real quickly, but like in Double Zeta, Judo's motivation is really just to save his sister. He, right? It's like, whereas Amaro, it's... His thing is a little different because it's like he's stuck on white base, so it's like he has to help. And then he's even technically given a choice and has a choice to continue helping 
or to just run Lala away. Calls out for it. You know, Lala yeah. says, like, who are you fighting for? You're not fighting to protect anybody. You're you're just going through the motions. Yeah. And and so with Camille, his his thing is it's it's almost like there's the establishment angle where he just did not like how authority, you know, was with him. So he was like, I'm just gonna go off and do my own thing. But he really had nowhere to go, and Shashar was willing to take I, him in. I think that, um, we, and, and you know, you and I have talked talked about like you know how we both get kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, triggered by injustice. Like when we see injustice, we want to step in and do something about it. And yeah. I think that that's that's Camille's motivation is he has a strong, just I I, I want to say desire, but it's not even a desire. It's like a craving. It's like an addiction to justice. Yeah. Um, and That's... in those final battles against Haman and Shirako, he's like begging for the power to take them out. You know, he's like he's calling out to all of these, you know, dead comrades of his, like, lend me your power. Like, I need to get him out of here. Um, yeah, I like how Andreas is saying Camille fought to eliminate people who think he was a girl. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> while that might be the surface level motivation, I like that, but it's, it true. goes deeper. But that's... That's yeah, that's the I like that justice angle because I felt like I felt that before where it's like you see injustice and you want to do something about it, but you don't know what to do or how to go about it. And sometimes it because you don't know what to do, you'll just be angry. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people that uh, that that have that reaction, you know, and and it can it can be um, rewarding in its own right when you're, when you're angry about injustice. Like there's, there's like a dopamine kick that you get from being like, Hey, that's not right. And I don't think it's right. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, and getting your expressing yourself out there is almost, you know, is another little factor that kind of feels good sometimes, even if it's not the best thing to do, sometimes you just gotta be quiet. But, yeah. um, okay. So I saw another, uh, I think Ultronimus said something about, you know, that's why Amuro was on house. Yeah, I think the closest we yeah. got in UC was Amuro getting put under house arrest, and that's a good point. True. And it was it was because he was the most visible uh, new type that also could show that no one could mess with him. So it's almost like the government, it's like instead of, it's like they can give him a nice life, but he's under house arrest. You know, it's like make him happy, but you know, yeah, I, yeah that that's an interesting way well, to go about uh, it. It, it kind of reminds me of um, that comic book Watchmen, where it's like they they kind of keep um, Doctor Manhattan. Oh you know, yeah, like they keep him happy, just happy enough that he, you know, he hey, don't don't crush us, but like also let's keep an eye on this guy because yeah, <laughs> and I crush us. So that's, yeah, so that's cool that that was brought up because that's kind of what's going on, like in the Superman movie in a way where, yeah, they were scared of him. So it's like they brought him in to talk to him. Um, but like I I feel the real world thing would be what they do in Gundam where it's immediately let's weaponize this. Yeah, I really think that's what would happen. They wouldn't be scared. They would be willing to confront it to try to weaponize it, whatever you want. You know, and yeah, it and so that's why it is interesting that they kept Amuro under house arrest. And is it, uh, you know, that's a good point because it's not like 
they knew an AUG would form. You know, so it's like with Amro under house arrest, wouldn't they want him around to kick some Xeon Remnant butt? You know, and but instead the Titans formed and then they were just doing new type experiment. You know, all this stuff that it's it almost doesn't make sense, but I think it's it kind of goes back to Amaro was a little too smart for yeah. the Federa- Federation to get away playing tricks on him. Well, and it's yeah. uh, it's very telling that even as early as like the first five episodes or so of the original 0079 series, they can already identify like Amaro is going to be a problem. Like he's not he he's not a team player. Yeah. We can't we can't control him. So, I mean, you have Commandant Joaquin talking about, like, throw all these guys in the brig. I don't want them anywhere near the Gundam because because what if they decide, like, hey, we, we like Space Noid Independence, too. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, those are all good points. Um, let's see. I wanted to look in the chat. There's some things I saw. Um, let's see. Now, I wonder if I can share this. This, this might be relevant to our to our topic of conversation i might be able to share this uh oh yeah let's see if this will work and then uss talus is saying apparently according to the a novel camille was lending his abilities to judo while judo was fighting Haman. that could be with camille uh uh under you know in a coma anyway yeah oh okay so they even have a little ranking yeah, so this was a uh, I found this on Twitter and I ran it through a little translator. So um, yeah, we have a little ranking between Amaro, Judo, and Camille. You know which which pilot is the strongest new type edition. Ah, and there okay, we go. So... Conversation over. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> maybe that does it. And and you know what? I it's cool to see that. Like, do is this an official source? I have no idea. This could just be a magazine or something like a fan magazine, but okay. Um, well, because then that kind of goes back to then what USS Talos was saying, and it really makes sense. It's like Camille had to be in his coma in order to help Judo. It was like he was able to speak to him through the new type brainwaves to get him to properly use his powers. Um, yeah, I think that, so. I mean, it, and so yeah. you know, to to kind of go back to that question, it's like. Technically, judo did have a, a, a mentor, um, you know, that uh, his mentor was Camille. Yeah. Sorry. Pop the no. camera back in there. No, that is a good point. Judo did have a, a mentor, and it was Camille. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really that's a good question, Sway, because it really does kind of help really give it an understanding of each of the main, I think, the three main heroes of UC Gundam, of early UC, and it really is Amaro, and he had his relationship with Char Camille did too, but then judo had Camille. And if judo, if Camille is the strongest new type, apparently according to that, I think it makes sense with him in, you know what? It even makes more sense of why the, the movies kind of retcon things to not make sense anymore because judo being in, I mean, Camille being in a coma is what allows him to, you know, speak with, uh, judo and help them out so yeah yeah and i mean i often wonder like how bad would the colony drop on dublin have been if camille wasn't there to help judo yeah 
Yeah, and so then if Camille was fine, then so that's why yeah, it seems like the, the and I still got to get to the bottom of this <laughs> is the attention of the three Zeta movies to write out Double Zeta. You know, I I don't know. That is that a could good be. One, um. Okay. So another thing I saw from Ian. I'm about 20 episodes into Double Zeta, and it feels like the new type abilities, despite being a different continuation of Zeta, are much more pronounced than the entirety of Zeta. And that could be the case, maybe for a number of reasons. One probably being that the UC world is realizing they can leverage new types, people realizing that they have abilities that they didn't, and more cyber new typing going on. Um, Yeah. Which, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's kind of like how, in a way, with Star Wars, how we saw the uh, the Force abilities just get crazier. Um, <laughs> yeah, they just ramp up. Yeah, and, you know, part of it's out of universe. It's now that they're writing in or filling out more of the stories. Um, yeah, to do that. Um, okay, let's see. And then V, the last of the Recon, says they were afraid of new types as they were afraid new types would overtake humanity. And that is another reason to maybe not talk about new types or kind of, yeah, keep it quiet as the UC timeline progressed. Yeah, and as as many criticisms uh, as I have about Unicorn, I think that Unicorn did an interesting job kind of um, filling in that gap. Because if the Federation always knew that new types were around, even, you know, prior to the one year war, you know, based on like the Laplace's box and all that stuff. Spoilers, by the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, come on. I'm sure everyone here has seen Unicorn by now. But um, but yeah, I mean, if this if the Federation was keeping this secret that they kind of already knew that new types were going to be around, then, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I yeah, I find that very interesting, and especially depending on the new type, because Andreas brought up a good point. New type also came with different skills. Lala can hit target from far away. Rita has premonition. Amro is a super pilot that has foresight of enemy movements. And so that's an interesting thing to think, because if it it could be that different new types have these different like abilities or something that make them uh, i guess whatever their main ability could be lends to whatever needs to be done and so in that case that could be a reason why it's hard to define what makes someone the most powerful new type um yeah yeah so, well and i think um ultronomus brought it up in chat but in um dynasty warriors gundam 2 they kind of have a um they have like a differentiation between types of new types. Like there's empathic new types that are more, you know, the, the feelings based, uh, you know, telepathic new types. And then you have like combat new types like judo and Amuro that, you know, maybe they can use funnels and that sort of thing, but they're not quite on the same level. You know, they just have different abilities. Yeah, that's right. And I do think Camille being able to speak telepathically while in a coma is, is a about as empathic as it gets yeah that's that's a super superpower right there again writing that out for the trilogy uh in the trilogy not a good idea and then goose is saying i always thought they kept amro locked up to keep him away from zeon so he didn't start sympathizing for them yeah that's that that makes so much sense yeah um 
and then uh, Matt Wheaton is saying, Amro may not be the strongest new type, but he is indeed the greatest pilot. And that could be true, considering even after the events of Zeta, Amaro still comes in to do his thing to push an asteroid. So I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. they even to the point that they start making AIs based on Amaro's pilot data. Like, yeah, that's a good point. It's based on his pilot data, not based on his new type abilities. Mm-hmm. Even though part of his pilot data encompasses that, yeah, it's more of his piloting. Yeah, I like that. Um, let's see. Um. I just want to see if there's anything else that's cool. V, the last of the Ricans. New types are like X-Men's mutants, just a more just more subtle. So the government kept trying to suppress them or use them. Yeah. Um, exactly. It explained why Camille is so emotional. Oh, yeah, that could be another, yeah, another aspect with Camille being kind of a different new type. Um, and the emotion part is is a big deal with new types because new types are able to sense other new types and really be drawn to them. So that's why I always think with... With Camille and Four, and I could, a lot of you guys might think I'm wrong about this, but I really think it was more of the fact that knowing his powers better, he ran into another new type. And it's that new type bond. She doesn't know where she is or what she's doing because she's had this world made for her. So it's more of the real life connection of someone else that they're like really feeling for the first time. And I think, uh, I forget whether it's Amaro or Char that brings that up, but he's like, they, they, they straight out tell Camille, you know, whatever you're feeling about this girl, that's not it. Yeah. You know, that's... <laughs> yeah. No, that was one. Of, yeah. And I forget it's, it was either in another animation or it was a manga or some other resource that explained how they are just drawn to each other a lot. Like, yeah. I think. That's why that's that awkward scene. Oh, the <laughs> Hathaway and Gigi are so awkward. I think it's because oh, yeah. Hathaway knows he's being drawn to her, but knows it's not, you know, for, just because like he's in love with her and wants to be with her. It's the new types being pulled together. Well, because he would have felt it with Quest. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, I think that it's it's very telling that the only new type that doesn't kind of go crazy around other new types is Lala. And I think that there's a cultural thing there is that Lala has like sort of an inner peace about her, um, possibly because of her faith, possibly because of her upbringing. But whatever the case may be, she is capable of being drawn to new types and not being thrown off guard by it. I think that because Camille maybe, you know, I I don't know if necessarily he's as powerful a new type as Lala was, but... um, being a powerful new type but not having that experience and not having that that um Control. that frame of reference that she had obviously he had some um either awkward interactions or violent interactions in a lot of cases with other new types yeah and it's interesting because when lala i think one of the things she said to amara was well i met char first like you know she was like i didn't know you when i met char so that's another i guess example of what you're talking about where she's able to like logically understand where she's at emotionally um, yeah that could also much yeah. more mature yeah and i wonder how much that is a sign of a super powerful new type where they know that their powers can get the best of them but they're able to control it it's kind of like a jedi yeah exactly <laughs> which which again leans into that uh, that context around why Shar was like Lala was a mother to me is yeah. it's like you know he he yes. wasn't um I think a lot of people kind of misinterpret that um that line in Shar's counterattack but I think that it was her 
whether it was, you know, spiritual maturity, uh, new type maturity, whatever you want to call it, you know, she obviously had something that Char lacked and he was able to identify that. But yeah, and not and not pursue it in a romantic sense, even though that was probably pulling on him. Oh, yeah. He was able to really see it because he's a smart guy. Even if he's not the most powerful new type, he's very smart. And he, like, knew he had to kind of yeah, control that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Good little new type conversation. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm going to move on. What are we going to move on to? There's a couple things we can move on to. Um. First, I asked this question. Are you still playing Gundam Evolution? So out of 180 votes... Between never did and no, that's a lot of people that are just not playing it. Um, but 24% said yes, and I think it's... The reason I said, are you still playing it, is because it's more of free-to-play, so you can like check it out. Some people probably never really cared because it was a hero shooter, but for those that were interested... Now, here's the thing. I don't even play it often at all. And I don't think it's a bad game. In fact, it is pretty fun. It has all the elements there. It's just not fully my type of game. But you know what? When you have a group of people to play with, it actually is fun. It's almost like that's the fun in it. Yeah. Um. So I, I have some like people a lot saying of these types of games would make like great, you know, couch shooters. You know, like I, I miss yeah. the days of like the old like you know whether it was GoldenEye or the or Halo Combat Evolved. You know, you get three buddies together. You're sitting on the couch with your split screen, and yeah, and usually you're elbowing somebody when it looks like they're they're screen watching to figure out where you are on the map. But no, I, I was playing uh, Goldeneye because they re-released it on Switch and Xbox. The Xbox version has the local, so I was playing, you know, with my youngest, and it was fun it, because part of the game was looking at the other person's screen. <laughs> you know, and and it was just kind of fun as like knowing where the person was and then trying to get like it's a different level of fun that you can't. Adam get. is a cheater confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, um, I, but yeah, it's like there's something about being able in a hero shooter, I think almost lends to that. Yeah. When Overwatch came out, I had a land party at my house because yeah. the idea was like, this is the game you have people with. But after that, I didn't really play it too because that's the thing it's like it, it is more fun that type of game when you are constantly interacting with people and sway yeah. is actually one in ian they play a lot um uh and so i think if anyone has questions about evolution get with sway and, and ian because they play and they even stream sometimes um yeah when they play even on ian's server uh, uh yeah his discord um, okay, so a couple things here. So this is from Spectacular Spidey28. I've actually been playing Gundam Evolution and SD Gundam based on your recommendation. I enjoyed them both very much. Thank you. Oh, well, yeah, thank you. I like that. Sway, uh, I adore the game I've been playing since it was released. Yeah, I'd noticed that. Um, you've been playing a lot. I would like to play it someday. It's still fun to play. I'm still playing Evolution. But I definitely sidestepped to SD Gundam since I dropped on game. it dropped on Game Pass, which is very interesting. It's yeah. almost like the Gundam games are almost competing for themselves, but they are different enough to where, uh, you know. And I, I think... love that. I love that there is like a little bit of something for everybody. If yeah. if evolution's yeah. not your thing, go play Battle Alliance. If Battle Alliance isn't your thing, you've got GBO2 still. Like it's. Yeah. And then Gundam Breaker on mobile. 
that, you know, like a whole other thing. So, yeah, I don't play it all that much, but I might consider hopping back on. Now concentrate on GBO2. I don't even have it. Not a fan of first-person shooter because of my crazy-ass motion sickness, so nope. Oh, I get that. GBO2 yeah, is much better. Yeah, Um. so despite me not playing it regularly, I'm still the type to help shill Gundam just to, you know, keep it going. And so Bandai Namco actually invited me to an event where I actually got to play as uh, Heavy Arms because that's the new... Uh, announced suit. I think a lot of people were excited about it. In fact, I think it was almost leaked. Like, I think someone had data mined something and it showed that or whatever. Um, and there's no sound on this. In fact, I was doing horrible because I didn't even know what to do, what to expect, except I got to say I had fun with it. It's It reminded me of another gun tank. It's just a barrage of just shooting. Um and yeah, I love the uh, the cooldown of like you know you got to lift the Gatling gun up and and let the uh, barrels cool off. Yeah, and then I just did a, a flip right there randomly, which I that was it was the um, one of the abilities. I didn't know what it would do, so I just pressed it and I like did a flip. But I could see where it makes sense. There was a time where an enemy came up to me. You flip over them and then shoot them i i think it's a great idea for an ability it's it's like a yeah. defensive maneuver um and then there's a missile barrage you can also have all four gatling guns out um yeah pretty cool um it, it was fun playing because i was playing with other people that are uh in the gundam community that make content um and i was just kind of fun they, they were destroying me the whole time though um <laughs> but no it, it was fun um so with that, I'm curious what people think. Like, was Heavy Arms the idea next suit for Evolution? I would say yes, just because people like Wing and people like the Wing suits. And this is just another way to kind of get more people uh, to play Evolution. Uh, but, I mean, what do you think? Does this even make you interested in playing? I mean, I wasn't you a heavy arms that. guy, but, <laughs> oh, cool. um, you know, but, but I recognize the appeal of heavy arms. And I think that honestly, I'm surprised that heavy arms didn't make the launch lineup Yeah, because it, it, of the cult popularity behind it, because of the unique gameplay that's offered by it. Like not, not a lot of other mobile suits throughout all of UC throughout all of the AUs really have that, you know, just balls to the wall. I'm going to put out. as many guns and yeah. missiles on this thing as I can. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, Zionic Shadow saying you played Zant and New Type CJ. I hope CJ, CJ. I hope I'm saying their names right, but yes. There's CJ, other ones. Yeah. Uh, the other MC, uh, Gumpless Sisters. Um, uh, there's uh, uh, Red Wolf Vion. These are some other influencers that play Gundam games and stuff, so it's pretty cool. Uh playing with them um so i i think i could see myself playing a little bit once this is officially out i i like that that's another option that plays similar to the gun tank in a way but instead of being a tank it's you know a, a little more mobile yeah exactly it has the the acrobatic aspect to it so you know i'm wondering you know i've thought like it's like again Evolution's fun, just not my thing. But what could they add that would make me play it 
more. And the only thing I can think of is like, let's say they made bigger maps and more players and you can use multiple of the same suit. It would make it crazy. But just think if it, there was some sort of like 10 on 10, you know, with bigger maps and you're capturing points. I think it's like I feel like Gundam's missing that. And even GBO2 doesn't do that. Where it's like domin yeah. or not domin yeah domination conquest mode is what I'm thinking from like the old battle battlefield games yeah like yeah. a proper conquest mode, but if that was the case, there would probably be Zeon Federation like pushing, um, the fronts. I don't know. Which you know like uh credit where it's due to like um Metal Gear Solid Five and the way that there was like that community aspect around disarming nukes and the 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 online multiplayer part of it, oh, you know, it. I, I would love to see that for like Gundam, like in a one year war sense where it's like, um, so like there was a, there was like a secret ending associated with the online mode of metal gear solid five, where, you know, you have the option of keeping nuclear weapons or going to other people's bases and disarming them, stealing their nukes and, dis and dismantling them. And, um, and so, yeah, there was like a secret ending that you could only get if 100% of the nukes across the world were disarmed. So you almost had like a faction of people that, you know, they're out there trying to disarm all these nukes. Oh, and then wow. you had a faction of people that are like, no, we're going to keep our nukes. Like, get out of here. So, I mean, imagine that, like that, but Federation and Xeon. Yeah, that is cool. That's actually very neat because Command and Conquer, I forget which one's like, Ty not Tiberian Sun, like the third... Tiberian Wars, uh, I forget what it's called. Anyway, it had something where you'd go online and it would tell you how much percentage of Nod won over GDI. And then you would yeah. try to pick the faction you wanted to win with. Not as deep as the Metal Gear Solid thing, but I think that's a neat thing that should probably be in most multiplayer games. Like, even if it's not a side-for-side, -side, what's a cool overall stat that could trigger someone to play a certain way? So Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's something that they did have in um, Gundam versus Zeta Gundam is the arcade mode had like a balance of power where it was like the uh, Federation AUG side and then the Xeon Titans side. And depending on how many uh, people were playing as either side, it would tip the scales of power. Oh. So but but that was localized because, you know, this was before online multiplayer was a huge thing. So this was like, you know, wow. you could imagine being in an arcade and there's like the one arcade booth for Gundam versus Zeta Gundam and you have people lining up like well I'm gonna bump up the Xeon side oh, like that's cool again another example of local play a fun element you know we're just talking about GoldenEye and Halo and then yeah. like yeah the arcade games yeah man I miss I miss the arcades um so um looking real quick Rogue New Type says how about 20v20 yeah I want myself 100 versus 100 <laughs> Massive GM, Zaku 2, um, ah, that's, that's what I want. I know that they had something in Japan. Um, I played a little bit of that. Um, so, V, the last of the Reekins. Evolution is fun. SD Gundam was good until I beat everything on the hardest. Then it became just a grind. Um, yeah, yeah uh, SD is a grind. It can be a grind. And I think some new DLC came out where it's like a whole bunch of... Uh, um, Credits, capital, whatever they call it, so you can like quickly level up some suits. Um, Zionic Shadows back on Gundam Breaker. Okay. Rugnutub, I just do my daily coins on GBO2, then switch to 
Elden Ring because of the new DLC coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. so even though this is a Gundam show, new Elden Ring DLC, that's not just PvP stuff. Like, it's so crazy. It's been over a year. Yep. Actually, yeah, it's been about a year, and then they announced the DLC. Normally, that happens beforehand, but this game just sold real well. In fact, it was like $20 million. And that's a Bandai Namco no. joint, so yeah. they know what they're doing when they uh, when they know what they're doing. That's right. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, v, last of the Recons. I wish we got another Dynasty Warriors Gundam and a good Gundam Breaker. Yeah, we'll see. I it would, you know, what it is curious to see what the next Gundam games coming out will be because now SD Gundam Battle Alliance is here gone. Evolution's been released. Hopefully, GBO2 will be on PC here shortly, and then the next... It would have to be a single-player thing, like the yeah. next thing they announce. Uh, it would have to, I would think. Yeah, Brian Zanichelli, can't wait for GBO2 to come out on Steam. Yeah, can't wait. Or finally getting a worldwide release of Gundam Side Stories, which I don't think will ever happen. No, probably not. But um, it should. But I would... I mean, I would even settle for a remaster. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I would prefer a remaster, honestly. But, you know, wh how would you feel about getting, like, a side stories remaster where you get, like, GBO2 gameplay? But Yeah, know, the... I would like the GBO2 gameplay a bit better. It, it, because GBO2 doesn't rely on the lock-on, like Code Fairy. The, the thing with Code Fairy, and I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, um, I like how hard Code Fairy is, but it's almost surgical precision hard, where it's like to beat one of the maps on the hardest difficulty, it's like you have to do it this way at this time, use this ability. Exactly. And if it, I wish it wasn't like that, but I do like the difficulty. It's it, Maybe it's a fake difficulty when a, a mission has to be so hard, you have to do it a specific way. I think that's fake difficulty. Yeah, that, you know it's I mean? kind of like an arbitrary, like, um, I don't know. Yeah, I do like games that give the player options for how to solve problems as opposed to telling them specifically, like, this is the way to play. Um, and I know that there's a lot of, you know, there's some game design theory behind that, you know, suggesting, like, you know, that there's a right and wrong way to play a video game. Yeah, in, with Code Fairy, it's very apparent on the level where you're a sniper and you have to wait for your sniper to reload. It's slower, and you have an ability that then makes things faster. And so it's like you have to use it. You have to, like, time it right so you can do it before the mission ends. And yeah. it's... I want to go back and beat it, but... So, anyway, back to your main point. Yeah, if they redid Side Stories, GBO2, you know what they could also do? And we've talked about this before. So the one thing about side stories, which I think we both said we didn't like too much, is that there's a lot of these little short missions. Yeah. It takes you a while, mission briefing, load in, get started, cut scene, <laughs> play for a minute, and it's done. They right. can take those couple-minute missions, load them all into one, and just make it where the checkpoint is after you would have beat that mission. And yeah. Because I, I, I think... Gun, uh, there needs to be Gundam games out there that just have bigger maps. It's more about exploration, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, I can't think of a single Gundam video game that does not have, like, a level, um, you know, a, a lev level style of play where yeah. every everything is a mission, a level that you have to load into. Um, you know, there there aren't any Gundam games with, like, an overworld where then you can, like, go into a mission 
from uh, you know yeah you, you and i've talked about this before like the idea of like it, more of an open world gundam game where you can stumble upon um events and things like that uh, i think that that would be pretty cool i think about this every day it's gone to the point <laughs> where i've i have two it would be two different games you know one would be more of like the battlefield conquest where there's active war going on you're always seeing enemies allies you grab capture the point but it's a huge map and then you can repair the other thing i would i feel like would take place during like 08 ms team and you you like wake up in the jungle after you, your mobile suit got hit and you're on foot and you have to repair it and then you get in it and then you're just trying to get back to base camp but it's a big open world in the jungle you might run into other um mobile suits uh other um enemies uh, things to repair your suit maybe a way to where you actually make the easy eight since that's kind of like a custom mobile suit itself like you're actually getting the pieces to make it and 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 what's cool about oh wait the ms team is you can have it where like the south is like maybe the ocean and then you get the beach the jungle and then desert and then the north would be the mountains and the snow and i, I so i think it could be where like, you get a lot of terrain variety yeah yeah you could have that you're running into characters at different locations that trigger sequences from 08 MS team, even from the seventh team, right? That was the other team that they were yeah, with. Yeah, of the yeah. GMs. Yeah. And uh, they just needed to do something like that. Yeah, Rogue New Type. We need an open world Gundam one year war. And I and I go back to this, like Elden Ring, one of the most fun I had with a game last year. That's a big open world exploration game. That's hard. Yeah. Another game, Sniper Elite 5. Now, that is mission-based, but each mission is a giant open world that has checkpoints that you can go back into and do things differently. So if the two different Gundam games I've thought about, one of them should be, if they do the mission style, it would be big open world missions where yeah, as you go, you can unlock different points of entry so you can come into that mission later, play it differently. They can have things where you're with groups of mobile suits or you're solo. Um, but man, there's so much potential there. Uh, I think so too. See, and this is why I think you'd like a uh, metal gear solid five is cause it has that similar sort of, uh, vibe. Obviously, you know, you have the over the top Kojima stuff, but like, yeah. you know, each, um, each territory is like a big open world map. You have like Afghanistan and then you have various missions within that mm. open world. And then of course, like you can drop into a mission and, approach it from whatever angle you want you know it's it's completely free form you can bring whatever you know ally whatever buddy you want to bring to it you can bring different equipment different vehicles um and then like you know you get to choose like are you going to go stealthy and you know stun guys maybe like capture some enemy soldiers or you go in guns blazing and just do the mission the way that uh they want you to if if you could do that but gundam I think that that'd be incredible. Yeah, I like the way you're explaining it. I actually only played Ground Zeroes. I didn't play Phantom Pain. So maybe I need to go back and play that because you're yeah explaining exactly what the gameplay <laughs> yeah. stuff I like. Now, did you play Death Stranding? I didn't. Um, yeah, I didn't play Amazon Delivery. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the reason I didn't play it because the gameplay loop wasn't what it, but people say it's good. People say it's great and that they'd want to play it again. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if anyone out there has played Death Stranding, but 
I think it's sad that I haven't played Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, uh, and I want to. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up again. Yeah, um, I'm gonna keep harping on it. <laughs> yeah, do it because I have to get to it sometime. I I really do. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, speaking of games, real quick, have you been playing any games, even if it's not Gundam related? Um, I mean, I picked up. Uh, you know, I, I started playing Witcher Three again. You oh, know, just cool. kind of a kind of on a whim. Um, you know, I don't have a PS5, so I don't have like the remastered version. Oh, um, okay. But uh, yeah, and then you know I'll pop into GBO two every now and again, but oh, nothing, that's cool. nothing too exciting. Yeah, I, you know, Nintendo released like all these games like Metroid Prime and and then uh, yeah the re remaster and then Kirby's Return to Dreamland remaster, which was on the Wii and that was a great game. And it's like man, a good palate cleanser from all the Gundam is playing some Nintendo and. I, I, the thing is, I still had Yoshi's Crafted World, which I don't know if many people have even heard of that. It came out on the Switch. It's like, I think it started with like Kirby Yarn, Yoshi Yarn even did it. But this Crafted World was pretty fun, and I beat it. I went through, and it had the classic last level is like lava and gears, and and then you're That's fighting awesome. a baby Bowser. It, it, it felt good playing like a, because the beginning of the game is like for kids. And then once yeah. you get to the end of the game, it's like, wow, this is for expert gamers. And and maybe I it's like you know, it it's kind of like trying to get kids into gaming, and they kind of like grow up with the game. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that makes so much sense, and that's why I think Nintendo's open to this Call of Duty on Nintendo platforms because you know the Switch, even though. The Wii really made Nintendo's already successful. The Wii helped. Wii U kind of got them out of the picture. Switch has gotten back in, but the Switch has been around enough times where there are kids that are uh, different generations. Like they were playing the Switch, but now they're going to Xbox or PlayStation to play. Yeah, Call of Duty, and so it's yeah. Nintendo needs to add that, but um, no. In the meantime, though, I I'm playing that yeah Kirby's Return to Dreamland, um, and that's a lot of fun. It's just. <laughs> mobile suit Kirby <laughs> yes that's right so the reason <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that was the main point of this is when you know originally I saw that the releasing was like oh I'll grab that I love these classic Nintendo games but they added a Gundam power and I say Gundam because there is a V fin and it has the sensor on its head it even though the rest of it and it doesn't call it calls it the mech suit or something but it's pretty much based off of a Gundam, and um, they added it in. It wasn't in the original game, so think about that. They're like, hmm, what's something we can add to Kirby? Gundam. Like, yeah. Nintendo was really thinking that. <laughs> they, they, I mean, it, it's very telling. I think that, you know, going back to the topic of Gundam Evolution, I think that, uh, obviously, Gundam Evolution has introduced a ton of people who could have cared less about Gundam into Gundam by using the kind of eSports-like... Oh yeah, that's a good point. You know that um, that culture, that side of gaming. Um, you know, there's so many different like subcultures of gamer. Uh, you yeah. know, we we often kind of lump all gamers together and say like, oh, you know, you're you're one of those Xbox Call of Duty gamers, and it's like, eh, I mean, or are you one of the Overwatch gamers? Like, you know, there's like a yeah, that's a good point. There's people that are loyal to a platform, and that's their type, or they don't care. They're just playing the latest sports game. 
or yep. they don't care. They're just playing the first person shooters or there's people that maybe there's a certain game that got to them and it's random and that's all they ever play. Like I've heard people that don't play games that they're like, oh, Assassin's Creed, though, I play that, you know, good, yeah. I guess the historical angle and has some good gameplay. Um, but. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. You know, I think it's a good idea on Bandai's part because they have the money, and these are risks they're taking. By the way, that's why I think sometimes their games seem under triple A budget. Like Gundam Evolution looks fine, but it doesn't look like a high budget triple A right. game because they're taking it's not a risk. Quite as polished as some of yeah, yeah, know. and and I think it's the risk they're taking to to want to market to that subset, like you were saying. SD Gun and Battle Lines, I think, was a huge risk because of the SD. Yeah. In, in my opinion, if they didn't make it SD, I think that would have... Uh, I mean, but it did pretty well. It had some DLC that just came out still, so... Yeah, um, I mean, it's still definitely very popular. Um, yeah. Just as long as we don't get any, like, Gundam Fall Guys or, like, <laughs> Gundam yeah, Fortnite. Very good point, because <laughs> there's a certain point to where it feels like there's this disrespect... And I see that with Star Wars, you know, where it's kind of like, uh, you know, like there's that, um, it's not out yet though, but there's a mobile slash switch shooter coming out that, uh, hero shooter, uh, Star Wars hero shooter. Uh, and it doesn't look that great and, but it's not to be played like a Star Wars game, you know? And I guess that's yeah. another reason why I don't play evolution as much as GBO2 because GBO2, I feel like I'm playing a Gundam game. Yeah, and and that's the way I would feel like about Battlefront. Like battle, like Star Wars Battlefront is a quintessential like Star Wars game. Yeah, yeah. Battlefront Two turned out really good. Where I want a Gundam equivalent. GBO Two is almost that. It's just that um, it needs like more modes. You know, I think the game yeah. modes. Um, um, but uh, something here. So, Delucky Asian. I want to thank IBO for getting me into Gundam. So that's cool. IBO. Yeah. Got someone in Gundam. Zero Shinkai. Mainly just playing Gundam Breaker Three and SDGBA. I thought the SD stuff was cute. Yeah, it's like it's not preferred, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> let's see. The shirt lad. Sorry for being late. Was editing some visuals for a vid. Well, yeah. Thanks uh, that's for joining. Thanks for that shout out. Yeah. That last video I put out, so a little behind the scenes, the video that went out Wednesday had the Zeku Sway lore in it. That was going to be a completely different video. That was going to talk about the GBO2 release, but there was just some conflicts of content you know, with Bandai, like what they wanted. So I ended up not doing the whole video and just released it in that. But in that... Yeah. Um, Shirt Lad actually left a voicemail, and so I'm glad he did, and he happened to be talking about a series he was going to get into that he just happened to post a video of, too. But also, um, yeah, that voice thing. So in the, the Gundam Explained Discord under General, there is a pinned comment where you can record uh, a voicemail that I can – it will either be on the podcast or a separate video. Most likely a separate video, but depending on the content, it might go into the podcast. So keep that in mind if any of you are interested in that. Link for the Discord down below. But um, And then, let's see, one last thing. Um, GBO is, uh, from USS Talos, I think meant to take you 
to make you feel like a mercenary, as in the name of the PMU, private military unit, but I think that went off our heads with things like the unicorns and the likes. Um, yeah, so that's interesting, and I do have a video that's going to go up later when this PC release comes out where I talk about the lore of GBO2 and how it's UC, but like UC there. adjacent. Yeah, it has its own thing where these mobile suits then went into mass production for the private military union to use to fight battles, and it makes sense. But it's not lore proper, so yeah. And then well, it's like, who are they fighting up against? Like, yeah, themselves? it's like just other <laughs> other private military groups for what? <laughs> just for fun? Well, okay, yeah. I can see that. It's fun. No, but um, no, that does that just does about that does just about it. That ju yeah, I don't know what I'm does saying. About but just it? I don't know. <laughs> that just is it. Is about it, guys. Uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, good show. Thanks for everyone that showed up in the chat. Um, I saw WebFox in there. Thanks for joining. Um, again, links in the description for um, all the stuff. Supporters links, Steven's links. But Steven, anything else I need to bring up? I don't think so. I think you touched on everything. Awesome. Well, then, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in. Tune in next week, Wednesday for Steven and Thursday for Gundam Explained. So see you all hey, later. Cheers.